Welcome to Live the Fuel, where we fuel your health, business, and lifestyle. And now your host, Scott Mulvaney. All right, good day, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another 2022 Live the Fuel show. So today, well, for me, it's this evening. For him, it's earlier in the day. He's on the West Coast. I'm catching up with a very well-connected health and fitness, I'm going to go ahead and say influencer. I hope that term gets thrown around a lot nowadays. But from my background research on him, I'm going with it. So let me give you a quick skinny on this guy. Definitely understands health, definitely understands wellness, definitely understands fitness. Uh, He might know a little bit about, I'm going to go ahead and say it, badass fitness equipment because I've been all over his site. And there's a few pieces of equipment that I want to talk about because I'm a huge CrossFit functional fitness guy. Uh, But since co-founding Escape Fitness, that's right, Escape Fitness, we'll do some screen sharing on today's show too. Uh, Taking it to, here you go, $33 million dollar global business, just throwing that out there. He might have a few clues about online business or global business and the fitness industry. I mean, we're talking about connections with UFC and Equinox, Orange Theory. These are all big brands that are still rocking, especially even though the pandemic has happened and everything else. So there's a lot more about him and I want to get right into it. So without further ado, Matthew Janusek, sir, welcome to Live the Fuel. Thank you so much for inviting me on. Yeah. So one, your background is awesome. And by the way, is that a green screen or is that real? Because I'm going green screen. Yeah, I wish I wish it was real. Um, <laughs> no, I am I, I am in the fortunate to be in the sun and we've got palm trees and nice and that kind of stuff. But it, it is a it is a green screen background. Well, I just got back from a, a business trip to New York literally one hour ago, exactly. So uh, I came home to snow and ice uh, here at my new home that uh, we just got in last May. So I have some work to do tomorrow morning. So <laughs> that being said, uh, we have opposite climates. We have three hours apart. That's why I love podcasting because time zones uh, basically melt away. I've had people on here from the UK, Australia. It's super fun. And, and so thank you for making the time. But let's jump in here. Uh, I took a slight break on the podcasting circuit in 2021 to get my book out. So you want to be a hotshot. And I made a new commitment to myself, as I kind of told you before we hit record today, that I really want to dial it even tighter into a lot of mindset work, a lot of focus on health, fitness, and yes, the business component. But it's funny because a lot of people want to come on from the business world, and I respect it because I'm a business professional, sales and marketing, and I have my own company, and people just still drive right into the business. And I was like, guys, there's more to life than just business, right? There's the health and fitness that goes along the way. And I think who better than you because you're literally connecting with fitness and exercise influencing businesses, gyms, et cetera. So off of that theme, where do you want to get started today? Because you're the guest co-host. So we're, we're sharing the responsibility today. I don't like to interview people. I want you to share okay. the mic. Let's, let's have a good time. So, Well, I think I, like, I love your philosophy because it's one that I talk about a lot in in my business and in, in my podcasts and with people I know. And, and I, as you said, we had a bit of a chat about this off camera and, and some of your decisions in terms of where you were going with your podcast. And, and for me, I, I, I have a, you know, speak to people and, and they say, well, how do you get, how do you get time to, to work out and exercise when you've got your own business? I, I've also, I'm married. I've been happily married for 11 years now. I've got two, I've got nine and a, I've been married 12 years, actually. Um, I've got a nine and a 10-year-old. That's okay. I've only been married um, for two, and I think it's now three, so I'm already uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um Yeah, nine and a 10-year-old. And um, and so it's like, you know, where do you, you know that's that's the biggest issue. Well, I, I don't have the time. And, um, and, and to be honest, I, 
you know, I answer that and say, well, you know, it's it, it's really down to priorities. How how important is health and fitness to you? And I and I think the big shift that people maybe well, the big big mental shift that you need to make is uh, one: you have to realize that it comes before all of those things. It comes before money. It comes before your relationship with your wife. It comes before your relationship with your children. It it, it comes right. If you had to set a list, a hierarchy of things that are important, that has to come up the top. And um, and you can say, well, that's a bit selfish. You know, why would you do that before your wife and your children, all those things? And, it, and it's a case of, well, look, if you don't do that, then stuff starts to quickly fall to pieces. You know, there's a big mind com- mindset and mental health component about working out um, that, you know, physically, as particularly as you get older, I'm, I'm sort of, 51 now um there's an energy level which affects your relationships with the people that you work with um it affects the success that you have in in your business because you need energy you need to you know being an entrepreneur is not easy it, it oh, and, and nobody <laughs> <laughs> and and it, it takes a lot of mental energy you know every, every day there's some problems that come to you so you need to have the the, the physical energy to deal with those. And at the end of the day, you still need to have the same amount of energy. Like I, I, my first call was at 6 a.m. this morning. It's 3 o'clock this afternoon. I've got a meeting tonight in, you know, in Los Angeles at sort of 6, and I'll probably get back at about 11. So to, to be on fire and energetic and thinking, and uh, you, you have to have some energy. So, so you know, your business is, is, is affected by it. Your relationship with your children, because if you come back at the weekend and you've had a really tough week, like I have, very, very long, tough week, then your children, you know, to be a good father, they're going to expect you to show up and want to play basketball and 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 just be there and present and all that. And I'm not saying that I get that right all the time, but but having, you know, putting that first allows you to be successful in all the other areas of your life. And that just isn't just like, like fitness, it's, you know, it's it's the, it's what you eat it's how you sleep it's it's your different elements of you know different types of strength training cardiovascular mobility and all those kind of things that go with it but you you really you know anyone that's that's really successful consistently um really has that part quite well dialed in i totally agree with that it's funny when you go well i still go to them here and there but up until pre pandemic there was a lot more masterminding in person and you know, entrepreneurial events and stuff like that. And they're slowly cranking back up again. I love to see that because I truly believe, yes, it's great to virtually connect with you, but I reach a whole different level of energy when I'm connecting with somebody physically and in person, just like working out. Like I used to be a CFO one trainer in the CrossFit space. My wife is a member of my friend's CrossFit gym, only five minutes away. I will drop in for a weekend partner workout on Saturdays with her. And we do, you know, couples workouts. But other than that, I built my own gym. My new house here has a 30 by 35 foot. The, the prior owner had just built it four years ago, a uh, metal pole barn. So I'm like, oh, new man zone. So mm-hmm. garage bay one is all the gym. <laughs> nice. Garage bay two, you know, mountain biking shop, you know, skis for this time of year, et cetera. But you got to have your fitness space. So long story short, it's just, I still miss the, I used to teach classes. I taught spinning for six years in in the traditional gym world, the cycling world. I've been a cyclist my whole life. So I, obviously I know California very, very well. I used to live in Colorado. I'm a big cyclist. So, but these are those elements where, especially this time of year in the winter, some of those things fall away and back to Mm -hmm. your point, energy, right. But also stress relief back to the psychology and the mindset 
I've been guilty of it. I mean, it's only January, you know, middle of January right now as we're recording this, but I felt some of my timing get thrown off. And I, I think we all have to get caught on that sooner or later. And I'm like, wait a minute, I'm not hitting the strength strength training regimen that I normally am. Great, the rowing is fine on the rowing machine, yada, yada, yada. But I was like, I got to get back hitting those weights heavy. It's the winter season. I can't be riding my bike as often. Although I did pull the old road bike down and set it up in the in the basement gym that I set up for the wife because she doesn't want to work out in the barn. She's like, that's too cold out there. You, you have a, We have a finished basement. Go put it in there. <laughs> so, um, mm-hmm. so I, I plan on launching uh, some online cycling with a couple of buddies of mine. And so why? Because I feel the stress kind of cranking back up a little bit. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm all, I, I understand this. I've been podcasting about it for years, but even I'm guilty. It's like, I'm not getting enough stress relief. And also, where's that energy level at? Like, I caught myself yawning today. I don't yawn. I, I used to a lot more. I don't know about you, but I was like, why am I yawning? Okay, there's, there's something off. So it's all about getting it dialed back in. And, and how do you help people understand that? Is that I think people don't pay attention to those little, little things that I'm at least catching myself on, right? The yawning, where's the strength training at? Are your stress levels cranking up? I think a lot of us get caught off guard when all of a sudden it hits all at once because maybe they have been missing out on the exercise component. Yeah, I, I think some people, are, well, I know a lot of people overthink it. And then because they overthink it, they end up, re, you know, what does they say? Paralysis by analysis. So, oh, I've got to do this, got to do that. I haven't got time for this. And then they end up, oh, sorry, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to, you know, I'll start next month. I'll start next month. And, and, I think that's it, it, it is it is very simple and 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 the thing that I think people want to do before anything and and I'm I've been doing it for you know I was a junior bodybuilder at sort of 16 17 years old and I've been I'm 52 now so I've been doing it for all of my life pretty consistently so I'm 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 a little bit of an anomaly um, but I, I think for the average person uh, that that hasn't done that consistently for years and years and years then then really the most important thing that you need to focus on is is creating a habit of of of, of you know where you're going to fit some kind of activity or or, or movement into your life. I, I suppose I don't know many people. I've, I've not actually met any people that have not been able to create a habit of cleaning their teeth at least in the morning and when they get up and before they go to bed in the in an evening and. And that, okay, it's just, it's this quick, short habit, but everybody's figured that out, that that needs to be part of their life. And, and exercises, and, and, and whether it's, it doesn't have to be going to the gym, walk, there's a huge amount of benefits just from brisk walking. Uh, you, can, you can read that, massive men, mental benefits, and, and it's, it's great for, for your body, the movement. There's a, there's a ton of benefits just from doing something like that, as, as simple as something like that. So I think if, if people can focus on being able to find the time within their busy schedules where you can do some form of activity, whether it's going out on your bike, going for a walk, doing something in your house, whatever you feel as though you could stick to from a consistent, so it becomes a lifestyle habit, you'll eventually find that that, that small, that seed of a, of a habit, you, you start to experiment and try some other things. But unless you can really create the habit, um, just like we have good habits and bad habits, there's still habits, there's still patterns that we do, then then getting involved in the latest program or product or thing online is you're just really wasting your time because you never, you, you've never got the sort of mental um, strength and, and discipline to be able to stick to something long enough for you, for it to make a difference in your life. 
I, I totally agree with you because uh, but I love how you did paralysis by analysis. These are all great quotes by the way we're dropping in here. But the other component of that, which, which hits on what you were just talking about is, and I, I've tested this. I feel that this quote is pretty accurate, but they say it, it, to build a true habit it takes at least 21 days. Is There's been books written about this, right? Uh, so you need at least 21 days to build that said habit. I actually heard there's a, there's a nice podcast. There's a nice uh, bit of research from uh, Andrew Huberman, uh, who has, you probably know his podcast, but he, he did some really, it's, it's worth checking it out, but that, that's a, that I, I've heard that and it's been around for a long time, but there's, there's a lot of variables that they've actually figured out and it can actually take several months to oh, create yes. a habit. It's, it's a short and a long one, but he, he did a really nice piece and I've, I'm going to spend a little bit of time trying to understand that. Cause I was in your mindset, well, you know, is it 30, 60 days and then you're there and, he was saying, well, it's not quite as uh, black and white as that. I agree with you because I spent years, not officially, I've never called myself a coach, but I've been such a health and fitness nut and people are like, oh, you have great genetics. And I'm like, no, no, no. Everybody in my family is is overweight, if not morbidly obese right now because they don't do what I do. And we all grew up on the same farm as a kid. So it's <laughs> like, I'm just still doing what I learned on the farm. Sorry, guys. But anyway, that aside... I agree with the 21 day thing for so some people to break through the me- the initial mental wall. <clears throat> 30 days to get true execution, right? Yeah, next week is now consistent execution after breaking through those mental barriers. But then back to your point, if we're talking about nutrition and stuff, well it, where where are you at on the sugar addiction scale, right? You might need 2-3 months. Uh body transformation work that I worked with years ago. Uh, some people, yeah, they got a solid transformation within three months, but really to get it to stick was four months. You know, from the bodybuilding thing, again, are you are you doing a bodybuilding transformation? You know, what classification of bodybuilding? I, there's so many variables. So I, I just like to at least catch people, to get them at least thinking, say, well, why don't you figure out where you're at? Try the first 21 days, then go 30. If you still haven't broken through, then you still got to figure out what that math is. You will eventually get there. It's just building that habit and the habitual nature that we all need. And this applies whether we're talking about exercise, fitness, nutrition, where we talked about, or the obviously the entrepreneurial game. I had to take all this stuff, and I wasn't always an entrepreneur. I had to figure this out. And it's like, oh, okay, wait a minute. Uh, podcasting just doesn't just happen automatically. Like, my if I went back and listened to my very first five episodes, dear God. Uh, I did have yeah. the same nice, I did spend a lot of money on this microphone five years ago, Nice. but now I didn't have the soundboard, the three monitors, the ring lights. Like, this is my new house. So I, these are all, uh, acoustic panels made in, uh, in the Ukraine. <laughs> like these are all like decorative wood. It's all like special custom foam behind. This is all, this is five years later, man. Like there's a lot of stuff that has happened over the years. I now, I, I was speaking at podcast conferences. So things change, right? We had to put a lot of reps in to get here. And I love to drop some of the, the, the jargon out there for you because like escape, escape fitness. How long you guys been around now? 22 uh, years now. Oh, yeah, is that all? Quite a while. Oh, okay. <laughs> so wait a minute, the $33 million global business that didn't just happen overnight. <laughs> <laughs> not quite, not quite as, uh, as, as quick as that. Yeah. Yeah. Took so a bit of time. what was it like? I mean, 20 some years later, cause I have to hit on this now and then back, if you can remember that far back, it's like, did you have massive mental shifts? If you can try and sum up all that time, uh, what was it? Can you remember that far back and connect it to where you are today? Are you still repeating some of those best practices? Maybe that you learned along the way? Uh, I, I have mental shifts uh, all the time. I, I think if I'm not, I, I'm, I'm probably not working hard enough on myself. Um, 
So, yeah, it, even with the last couple of years, you know, every, as, whenever you get to different stages in your business, like most people, a lot of people I know kind of build it, sell out, go and do the next one. So we've been, we've been through recessions and pandemics and uh, I, think, I think two or three recessions and um, those in itself really kind of <laughs> cause you to grow and think differently. And we, we went from a company in, in Great Britain we expanded. We opened a business in Poland. We hired people in Poland, set up a company. We did the same in Germany, set up a company, hired people. We did it in Thailand. We did it in China. Wow. And then we, we did it in the United States. So we've, we've sort of done a lot of things and set up manufacturing and uh, distribution networks. And we've developed products. And there's all kinds of things that you do. And even today, even, even up right up until sort of this year, we're, 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 going into totally new areas and, and new opportunities. And I suppose it's, it's like that. I don't know the exact story, but I, you can kind of get it. It's like climbing a mountain. And, and, you know, when you're on the, when you're at base camp, although that's quite high, just, just getting to base camp in Everest, as an example, you're, you've got a, an amazing view on things. Just, you know, you're, you're in a very different place than you was at the, at the bottom. And it's a, it's a journey just to get to base camp. But as you get up, you're, your view on, and, and the things that you can see and the and the, the the environment around you is is totally different. So the more the further you get up that mountain, the 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 more things change as as you sort of try and climb and get get to your goals. So I think that's the problem that most people do. And I, I you know, me and my wife are, are sort of you know always like to challenge that, which is why our company and our podcast is about escaping your own personal limits and. We constantly challenge ourselves in other ways to to sort of break the break the rules that you be, you believed were always true. Um, I, I interviewed a guy yesterday. He's got a company, very interesting company called Lasso. They they develop this this stock uh, that they that, that it's almost like a uh, a brace. You know, like if you if you have ankle injuries, you strap it up with with. Um, uh, supports yeah, like or a, you Ace Bandage you, is a popular brand. It's an elastic. My wife just had a full tear of her ACL. I just went through okay. her first surgery of her life. Uh, she's an equine horse veterinarian doctor and the horse injured her. Uh, but after all yeah. these years, she got injured. And yeah, so now granted, she's not bracing the ankle, but again, same type of, they're using a lot of that bracing tech to stabilize during to promote healing. So, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and then also like rock tape that works in a similar way where it supports you. So he's created these socks that, that does a similar thing. And he was telling me about his business and almost like everything you know, very, very super intelligent guy, uh, Forbes under, uh, what is it called? Under 30 on the under 30 list. And, um, but, but a very, everything about marketing, about, um, businesses, goals, budgeting, um, focusing on money as opposed to customers, like everything that you hear and listen in a, in a textbook about business, he's like, no, we don't do that. We don't do that. And, and, and he's got a very successful business and he kind of really it really challenged me to sort of say, well, look, a lot of times the things that you just think are right and you're trying to perfect and you're trying to get to that point, you know, sometimes it's like, no, actually let's, maybe there's a different way. Maybe that isn't right. And, or, or, or maybe we can do things better. And, and so I, I think it's, um, as we get older, we, we get stuck in, in patterns that we learn from our parents and people around us. And, and I suppose when you're a kid, you don't have any of that. You, you have total freedom and flexibility to do what you want. And I think the, the, the key thing that we should try and do as, as adults as we get older is not believe that this happens when you get older. So that's challenging your body, 
challenging your mind, which is probably more important than your body because anything you challenge in your mind is going to affect what you do for your body and what you believe is possible. And, you know, we, we should all really, um, that's my perspective, just constantly challenge those things and think, is that really how it should be? Or is that just some construct that we've, we've believed in that's been created by people and um, like money, he said money, like you know, money is a man-made construct. Yeah. And so we're- Money doesn't exist once you figure it out. People are like, what? It's like, it's, yeah, it's just a form of exchange. I mean, it's not actually- real. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, everything, you know, for whatever reason, everybody is, is obsessed. Relationships break down for it. Uh, you know, everything is, is really driven about people's desire for money and what they think money's going to give them. And as he said, like, you know, you, the, the sooner, which is what he said he spent a lot of years working on, the sooner you can free yourself from an attachment to money, you're no longer a slave to it. And, and you can then live your life in, in your own way based on a different set of rules. And, and it was quite, you know, it's quite liberating. You know, imagine if money was not a problem. Now, there's two ways of doing it. I'd be so rich that money isn't a problem or, or be able to sort of make it not that, that it's not a problem. Focus on the things that you're passionate about and you enjoy. And as he said, the money and the trappings and the, and, and the things that go around you doing what you're passionate about as a result will get you what you're trying to do by focusing on money. And it was, I've gone a bit off track, but it, yeah, it's definitely something to think about. That's no, for it's sure. not off track because let's tie that back into the mental game and the physical game too. Like for example, four years, I didn't have my own gym. I always went and trained everywhere, but then I flipped my mental switch and just, I have, you know, author now, podcasting, marketing company, like there's a lot of other things going on. I'm like, well, when I finish a meeting, if I got about an hour break, I can just pop right out to my own gym now. And my wife's like, well, why don't you just go join the, you know, our buddies, you know, Rob, uh, you know, and I'm like, I, yeah, I like to be able to drop in whenever I want. If I want to just drop in, like, I can, I'll just drop in, but it takes two minutes to walk outside into the barn and I can train. So adding in the commute, the car, and everything else. That's just me. It's nothing against it. I still love going. I said I love going and immersing myself in the culture and the community of what those types of gyms have. Uh, even like I stayed in a hotel the past couple of nights. I was using the hotel gym, right? I wish they had better equipment like you guys have, uh, but it is a hotel gym. <laughs> you gotta, you got you to work with what you got. You know, you got to break, like you were saying, break the constructs. Like dare to do something different in your life that could possibly literally generate a whole new outcome and a more positive outcome back to the money thing as well. It's like my goal this year is to spend more cash on travel. And people are like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, I always just like use, I've set up my own company credit card and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, I don't, I'm not, I realized I wasn't getting a lot out of the whole point system and everything else. It's like, well, I'd rather just, okay, the money's in the account, just pay it with the visa check card. And people are like, well, it's still a card. I'm like, no, that's real time money. The money's there. Mm -hmm. I can spend it. Why put it on a card? There's no point. To the point where, like, my, my card hasn't been used in a while. I just did a big investment thing, and I paid it off real time. No debt, no interest. So they went and raised my card on a $20,000 limit. I'm like, it's still zero. I don't, you could raise your limit all you want. I don't need it. <laughs> I'll give you an interesting thing. I, 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 I love travel. I travel a lot. I yeah. go back to – I used to go back to Europe a lot. And, and one of the things I do, I, if you like travel, I, I have a, a – um, I've got an Amex and a um, – what is it called? A – a Bonvoy visa. And so you, you kind of build up these points. So anything I can put on my card, like I, I pay it off each month, but yeah. anything I can put on my card, like as ridiculously expensive as it is, I do it. Cause you kind of get all these points and then, as long you know, as you like a few times a, a year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You gotta, yeah. Don't, don't use the credit, but it, 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 as two or three times a year, you know, you kind of get sweet upgrades and like, you know, you get a lot of, 
the really, Amex, really the nice Amex stuff. Game, so I... If you can own the Amex game, <laughs> you are correct. Though. My, my, my one client swears by the Amex game. Like most of her vacations are just like, it's just the Amex game, man. She, yeah. she, she has figured it's... it out. But she's religious. Yeah. She will never carry that balance. It's always paid off. So oh no, never, never, always paid off straight away. I, I totally agree with that. Yeah, totally. Like, but so when you anyway, buy, when you buy your gym gear, for example, here you go. So yeah, as you stick know, it on last, last year, well, twenty twenty really into twenty twenty one. Like now, now here in twenty two, we're dealing with all kinds of supply chain impacts, which you could probably talk a lot about. Uh, but. One of one of my biggest clients, uh, I was just talking about. She's heavily niched in the HVAC sector, so everybody takes their indoor air quality for granted. Well, she works with nine different manufacturing companies and is basically the sales representation firm for the entire Northeast USA for those companies. So everything from Delaware to Maine, she's responsible for for nine different manufacturers. So she could sell the crap out of it, and I can help her sell the crap out of this stuff with our, our relationship and our contracts. But all of a sudden, the factories now can't ship stuff or well they're waiting to ship it because they're waiting on this part or this component so it's so like back early early pandemic right rogue fitness did a great job capturing a big section of the market and i'm sure they're one of your competitors right so but people said oh it's made in the usa company i'm like no it's not i was like i've had bumper plates show up and it says made in china so yes they're branded as a made in usa company but then all of a sudden, I have to go on their website because I needed some more bumper plates for my Olympic lifting platform. And I'm like, oh, well, I'll get, I'll get an email notification when they become available. <laughs> so, <laughs> so all last year, I just had stuff magically showing up. My wife like started freaking out. She's like, what did you buy now? I'm like, well, to be fair, I already bought it. It was just a while ago. <laughs> but the, the, the market's been crazy. But I, I remind people, I'm like, yes, even Rogue Fitness, where all their marketing is really centered on that whole made in the USA thing. Okay, maybe the barbells here or some of the metal stuff here, but trust me, those bumper plates showed up and it said clearly marked in the cardboard, made in China. It is not a 100% made in the USA company. And if you're okay with that, just understand that. I just don't, as a marketing guy, I'm always wanting to coach clients and companies, like, just be true and transparent. Don't don't play in the in that foggy water right there. Just make sure people know like, okay, fine. If all your steel is made in the USA, but the rubberized coated bumper plates, those are coming out of China. Then just say that it's already on the cardboard. I'm going to find out when it shows up off the chipping truck. <laughs> I mean, what do you talk about with stuff like that? Cause a lot of people don't understand where a lot of this stuff is made. Yeah. Like I obviously know that business very well. So, uh, you know, I suppose it, it's an obvious thing. No, nobody's, nobody's actually making bumpers. Um, in America, um, I know there's, uh, I know, I know you can get some sort of um, like a recycled product, but like the, the traditional oh, that, that bumpers that you see. into a plate thing. I hate those things. Yeah, you got people doing that, and we're actually working on one that we're making in England out of. Uh, we, we've got a patent on a recycled material, and we we've got a plant-based urethane that we're working on. So, to, uh, actually, you're giving me excuse to screen share now because I was just looking at your urethane bumper plates. Is that what those are? No, those ones are made in Asia. The, the, the product that we've been developing is really just a, um, you know, any, anything that's coming from China at the moment is just extremely difficult to get hold of. And yes. unfortunately, everything, everything is made in China because it's very difficult to get it made in a lot of cases over here at the prices people are prepared to pay for it. But we, we are developing um, currently, we, we're, we've got prototypes of dumbbells and weight plates that we make in England. And it's a, it's a, it's got about eighty percent recycled product in, oh, nice. and it's pretty competitive with the um, 
with with what's made in Asia. So as as a company, with like Rogue, you know, I, I, I get what you're saying. I, I think they do a great job um, compared to most businesses. They, well, again, they the, the CrossFit sector really helped them blow up. Yeah. I mean, when the CrossFit Games and they were sponsoring it, it was a perfect marketing relationship for them because prior to me getting into that world of fitness, I didn't even know who they were. I mean, I was a classic. People call them Globo gyms, but I was just using whatever I saw at all the different gyms I taught spinning at and stuff. I just and whatever gyms I would, if I moved, I would join the local. I used to live in Arizona when I was firefighting out there. I joined the twenty four seven fitness. I think it was called. It's a chain out there. I think twenty four hour. Yeah, twenty four hour. Yeah. So I joined them. Yeah. I'm like, okay, there's a higher end gym out in Scottsdale. I forget the name of that one, but they've got Equinox or Lifetime. Not uh, Lifetime. Thank you. Lifetime. Yeah. Again, you're a Cali guy, so I figured you know these. Actually, I'll be back there at the end of the month. Um, first week of mm-hmm. uh, February, I'll be out there. So uh, I'm looking to catch up with old friends while I'm out there on business. So, yeah, it's interesting how there's so many different big brands out there. So, uh, but, so how, I'm excited. Plant-based, interesting, hybrid technology. And then you're going to be able to make that in the UK? Yeah, we, we're going to start That's production cool. in the UK in a few months. And again, you, you probably saw with, the, the challenges with rogue is that this stuff takes a long time you, you can't get it and it's not just so there's raw material issues in in asia there's there's uh labor issues in 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 china there's government blackouts where they cut the power off because they particularly around the olympics they were trying to clean up the environment so they would only allow you to work the factories to operate three days so um and it was then amazing you've how got, amazing the atmosphere cleaned up and because I, I loved watching that Olympics. I'm like, a buddy of mine goes over there on business all the time, and he was sending me photos. He's like, it doesn't normally look like that. <laughs> so it's amazing how fast they're able to clean up the air just by shutting down factories, like you're saying. So Yeah, and then you've got, you know, you, you have to find a vessel to get your containers on, and this is for everybody. Then when you get a vessel, it sits outside where I'm based in Long Beach trying to get through and offloaded. Then it waits because there's a shortage of truckers. And yep. so it's, 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 it's gone for us from about six weeks to about nine. Well, it's, it's probably six to nine weeks to about six to nine months now to get stuff. So yeah. if you want some fitness equipment, I, I would say the prices are still likely to continue to go up and it's probably going to be difficult in the middle of a year to get it. So if you, uh, if you do want to buy it, then now's not a bad time to, so to be figuring that stuff site. out. Cause I'm intrigued now when people shop on your site with rogue, I don't see, I wasn't allowed to buy it. I had to, they would send me, I, I could log my email into the wait list and then I would get an email. But if I didn't jump on that email alert, by the time I got onto the site that night, if I waited a few hours, other people must've gotten the same alert and then boom, it was all sold out again. I was like, come on. Yeah. Um, I was like, can I just lock in my price now? I've committed. Mm-hmm. I want to buy it. And then you'll let me know when it's available. I'm okay with that. Not everybody's okay with that, but how do you guys get around that? So do you let people- Yeah, if you want your place, it depends on how far out it's going to be. We're, we're pretty, um, we've, we've got a pretty decent process and we're predominantly business to business. So we work with, as, as you mentioned earlier, a lot of, a lot of gyms, trainers. We, we, we have a small part, which is, which is direct to consumer, but predominantly it's going into clubs. And most of that is, gives us the ability to plan out a little bit further than people who kind of want to just purchase things immediately. Yeah. Well, I know, I know, I know part of your background is you guys are very heavily niche in like studio environments too. You're not just helping the big chain gyms. You're doing a lot with those boutique, uh, which I've actually always been excited by. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're following the CrossFit brand or not. 
but I always teach people like CrossFit's a brand. It's 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 a form of well marketed, uh, functional fitness. Uh, for example, a lot of my friends after some, uh, we'll just say negative press over the past two years of what was going on in the CrossFit world, they separated. They stopped paying for the licensure of the name, and they've like my buddy's facility that my wife goes to. He, after five years, rebranded himself, and he's now called just F13 Performance. He removed CrossFit, doesn't pay them the licensing rights anymore. He's like, I don't need it. He's, like, he's got one of the most successful facilities here in the greater Lehigh Valley uh, and charges more than everybody else to go there, and he's got a huge co- client base, so he's doing just fine. <laughs> so it's interesting. Yeah. Um, but I love the boutique uh, facilities as well, because you got these people who are, have amazing backgrounds, uh, amazing knowledge and training, and they're may, they have a, probably have great magnetic personalities, and they could build a very sustainable business and not have these giant square footage facilities too. Like, do you have an idea, like percentage wise, like how many are you, like large facilities versus like small boutique style uh, you guys work with? I, I did know that. Um, I used to sort of track that that data I, I think as you say it's that the the cost to get into a small studio is pretty low can, like if you a big box or the globo gyms as you call them yeah. can be a few million and up to to get something like that so obviously there's not not everybody can do one of those but the smaller studios um you know you can be 100 150 200,000 and you're you're ready to go and you can get a pretty cool facility like that. So the barrier to entry is a lot lower. The, the service in a lot of cases, it's owned by a trainer and, and they know they've got some clients and they generally do a good job at service and the quality of the program is good. So I can see why that's, why that's, there's a big appeal to that. I do like both. I think there's for me uh, as someone who spends, who spent a lot of time in gyms, I, I like some of what, not all of them, but certain big box brands offer because you can kind of, do a lot in there there's 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 a lot of variety and 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 they're pretty affordable now and there's there's certain ones i still i still go to but it's also nice to go into these small studios hit training we, we we work with those and they they're just a single idea but you you get a very different dynamic and energy and experience from those so i think they're all they, they all have their their place and and i think the the market itself has become which it should have done quite it's starting to diversify. So you've got so many different areas to go into. I, I was talking to, I interviewed another guy last week who's got a brand called Next Health. And, and, and so that's kind of on the verge of medical and fitness where you can, you can have all your drips and your, your like, NED like stuff. injections yeah. and, and your, your, your cryo and, and your, your saunas. So I, th- I think that that's, people are realizing that fitness is not just going running on a treadmill and, and using some fixed machines. I think people realize that that is, is very different. You, you need to kind of have a real a, a sort of broad portfolio of things that you do at different times to complement it. And then, then there's also the, the whole recovery and rejuvenation and longevity element, which is, which is also part of that. So it's, so it's quite exciting, an exciting space to, to be involved with. And, and there's some really exciting things to, to learn about to improve, like, like you said at the beginning, to improve your own personal performance, so you can live that high performance life, which is what what's better than what's what's better than being being able to do that. Really, oh, again, I never thought I'd ever get into like unofficially designing my own space. I mean, to be fair, actually, I love the fact you actually I noticed that on your site too. You guys actually do do design services, which is super cool because you could be the best trainer in the world, and maybe you like it a certain way, but to your point, 
if I'm just an MMA focused facility and then somebody else like this, this guy next health is now looking to add in a lot of the wellness components, maybe creating a space for massage therapy, having an IV treatment room, you know, that's a whole different design right now. You've got multiple rooms, you need some privacy versus a wide open area. And again, if you're MMA, are you doing a lot of body weight training too, or do you need a strength training section? So is that another corner? So there's a lot of variables for me. I'm just like, I go to tractor supply. I buy uh, 12, you know, horse stall mats that are four by six inch, three quarter inch, you know, put them all together, a nice big square, and then start building up my rig and everything else. So I'm a, I'm not your normal facility. It's also for me in my barn. <laughs> so, um, whereas my buddy's facility, he's got over 10,000 square feet. That's a lot of space to play with. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah so, that's right. Yeah. It's super cool to see companies like you guys doing all these different variations. Um, that's why I love poking through your site earlier as well. So what would you say, cause we got about like 10 minutes left. What, what would you say after all these years, you doing what you do? Because I guarantee you, I have listeners in this space that have been back and forth, whether or not to start their own facility, or they know people who have started their own, whether it's CrossFit or not, right? It could be MMA facility, whatever. Are there best practices that you like to talk about on your podcast that you could share? Maybe like, Hey, I've been doing this for a while. Here's what I've seen. Yes, this is a unique mark, but you said you've been through multiple recessions and everything else. So guys, we probably have seen it all. So here's some things that I've seen that if you can adopt these practices and thought processes, you have a chance of survival, I guess, because you, we also have to admit, we've seen a lot of fitness facilities come and go. And, and I feel terrible when I see people have to close their doors, but that's also a sign. And I said this in early pandemic, this is a sign were you ready? Did, were you ready to innovate and improvise? Because I worked with a number of friends and helped them get them online, get them virtual. Whereas at other friends, they already had an online demographic. My one buddy's facility, even though he's got a CrossFit facility, he had a private online clients that are in different time zones who had moved away, but they still wanted to train under him. So he developed a whole online education segment through YouTube. So he was already ready. People were not. Mm. Is there some variables yeah. that you've seen that help people transcend these things? Well, yeah, we, we've interviewed a lot of people in that space from people who've got big boutique chains and big boxes and everything in between in different countries. And and so there's a lot of, I suppose there's a lot of operational stuff that you talk about and industry dynamics. But I, I think for anyone that's just really starting out, I, I would say that maybe the mistake that people make, uh, particularly maybe small business owners that, that set up studios as an example. When, when, when you, if you, if you got an idea and you want to do a big space, then you, you go out and you borrow money and then you've got a team of people that are sort of keeping you quite focused. But if you're doing it on your own and you're raising a small amount of money that I think that's, that that's the group where things tend to fail quite quickly. Well, you can fail when you're big, but you, you fail a lot a lot of the smaller ones tend to fail a lot quickly. And I, I think the reason is, is because they don't really spend that time at the beginning getting really clear about why they're doing it. Is it just that they love fitness? And if that's, if it's just that they love fitness and it seems like a natural transition, then that's, you probably need to go a little bit deeper and understand that you're not going to be doing a lot of fitness. You're actually running a business and it just happens to be a fitness business um, just like any other business. And, but you're still running a business. So I think you've got to figure that part out. Why, why are you doing it? And then what, what's your fundamental business skill? Are you a visionary? Are you, 
are you an operator are you a finance person are you a marketeer and and so you got to you got to figure out your space you in the beginning you have to be a little bit of both but you certainly are going to gravitate to one of those and and then what you need to do is then just think about well how you're going to build that team of people around you to complement those skills uh, you you've really got got to sort of figure that out which is really important most people don't think about that until it's too late and then what what is your how you differentiating yourself because there's there's everything out there you've got every type of hot yoga cold yoga um ice yoga goat, i'm goat sure yoga. boxing and Don't yeah you, you, you got, yoga. i love that one <laughs> you got yoga combined with spinning and and so did you name it yeah. i'm sure it sort of exists somewhere there so you got to you got to think of what how you're going to really differentiate yourself and there's there's a lot of ways that you can do that obviously but a lot of people react to the simple things of well i'm i used to be a boxer and <clears throat> I'm, I, I like boxing and I, I've, I know some friends and et cetera, and I'm going to open a boxing gym. And, and I think there are those stories, those unique stories where sometimes the stars are aligned and then things kind of happen and, and you look at them and think, well, yeah, they didn't do anything special. But when you start interviewing people like you do and I do, and you spend a couple of hours with them and you drill down, you normally find that actually what, what from the surface, what you felt was, was what made them successful and even they probably don't know in, in certain cases there's some real clever things that they're either doing consciously or unconsciously that are not apparent that that's that's got them to where they need to be so so i would say first thing in anything is that what where where are you going and why you got it you got to really get clear about that you got to make sure that you've got that that team around you those right skills and you don't want two people that do exactly you don't want two marketeers or two visionaries or to finance people, you want to make sure that you're building people, partners that have got nice complementary skills that are business fundamentals. And then you've got to really understand about what's the product. And, and, and that, you've got to get really clear about that. And you, you want to, if you can, find some ways of testing it. Gyms are great because for, for if, if you've got a, an idea about some sort of fitness concept or, or, or anything like that, you can you can do it on a very, very small level with a few people in a park or whatever. There's, there's ways that you can test concepts out. Um, not all of them. Certain things you've got to, you actually got to make an investment. But there's a lot of things that you could kind of find a way of testing out and, and seeing if people are prepared to pay the money that you need in order to make it successful. And that's the other, I suppose, the final thing that I didn't say is, 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 your, is your pricing. Are you, are you going to sort of get this whole thing going? And then you've got it built, and then you're two years in, and you think, "Shit, I, I can't make any money out of this." Well, you should oh, have figured that out in yourself. the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you gotta you gotta make sure that the the financials work, and that by the time you're in it, then you're not going to want to go in there every day. You're going to want to take a vacation and, and and do other things, and and so you you got to make sure that that model actually makes you money, which is, I guess, a key reason that you you know even even if you even if it's not all about money. You're going to need to generate cash to be able to fund the, the survival of that type of business. Passion can only take us so far, right? I love what you've actually, you, you've hit us some big things. Like it's hilarious because I had books popping up in my head. I'm making mental notes as you're running through all these things, which first off, one of my favorite entrepreneurial books, E-Myth Revisited. That's what I thought of as soon as you start talking about all the hats you wear, because yes, if you're a solo, solopreneur, a solo entrepreneur starting things out, you are going to have to wear all the hats unless 
your wife happens to be a CFO slash accountant slash bookkeeper, great. Maybe she could step in and help you with that and lead the financial side of the company while you figure out the operational executions. And then, yes, to your point, well, okay, maybe we're going to grow enough client base. I'm going to have to bring on other trainers. So who's going to be the head trainer or the head coach, right? You can't have four head coaches, you know, things like that. Um, uh, it's funny because it's not funny. It's sad, but I've seen a lot of CrossFit facilities come and go because I travel a lot and I go back to a city and they're either not there they changed owners. You know, the old owner sold out, and now he's just a member, and a new one stepped in because maybe they had more money in their savings account. Uh, what a, it's hilarious. I've seen it all. And But back to your point about niching yourselves. I remind people all the time, like CrossFit, I, I can't help it. I'm in that community. But the beauty of the model is that usually there's one in every town, so to speak. In my area, I can within 30 minutes drive, I can reach 10 different facilities, but they're all niched in their own little mini city or town community. But even some of the best ones have really tried to focus on, like my one buddy, he has the biggest facility here. He's very high-end. He's like, listen, he offers the, you can do the traditional group classes or he goes like very high-end one-on-one training and that's it. There's another one about 20 minutes away. They've done a great job really honing their brand. They're all about family. They love having the group family classes, the kids. They got a whole, they have a, a whole kids program. Whereas no other facilities, like, yeah, bring your kids in on the weekends, stuff like that. But I didn't really see a true family niche. That's one of the cores of that one facility. So they've spent the time to realize the owners are family people. They've got kids. They love seeing their friends, families get healthy and fit. They went with the family niche model. Not every gym does that. That's very unique. So back to your point, right? Knowing how to pass the hats off putting the right people in place, uh, replacing yourself, reminding yourself that you got to pay yourself. That made me think of, um, I've had him on the show too, but on his show, Michael McCallowitz, best-selling author of Profit First for Entrepreneurs. Uh, and, um, and he's got like five other books, but that guy is all about teaching entrepreneurs how to make profit first. Like how do you pay yourself along the journey? You don't wait until maybe five years from now, you finally get to have some profit for yourself. Like you got to pay yourself along the journey or else you're not enjoying the process. So uh, these are great tips you shared. Thank you. So, uh, well, I've had a lot of fun today. It's been fun digging into the back end of the gym world and and seeing the level of influence you have. And I'm I, I'm proud to have you on. I love seeing people like you who take it that seriously. And you actually have not just the equipment, but you have a show that you're trying to help people understand more about this profession and, and how to, I would like to think, build more sustainable businesses that are out there to help people get more healthy and fit. I mean, granted, some gyms have even started figuring out the kitchen for people, which is a big component. But in the end, you still got, we said like earlier in the show, you got to exercise. You got to find a way to relieve the stress, keep the energy up. And a lot of people love going into very nice facilities with very nice equipment like you have. So I didn't get a chance to dig into the tire thing, but ladies and gentlemen, uh, as we bring the show to a close, he's got a cool, I flipped a lot of tires in my day. <laughs> I've hit him with the sledgehammers. I, again, I grew up on a farm. What do you guys call that thing? It's I have to say it's called the it's called the tire T I Y R T I Y R. Just Google it. It's yeah. a it, yeah, it's a, it's we go up to about two hundred and twenty pounds. It's it's just a, a we we a lot of the gyms we put in are not CrossFit gyms. They kind of they're nice and they got carpets in and people wear nice outfits and that sort of stuff. So you can you can flip it. My mum can do farmers carries on it, drop it on her toes. It's not going to break a, a feet or anything like that. So you yeah. can flip it, you can drag it, you can push it like a sled. It's a it's a really cool functional tool. And you'll see it in, like, we sell a lot of those. So you'll see it um, in many, many gyms. And um, it's one of our one of our most popular products, actually. Well, that was the one thing so. I'm screen sharing now for the video watchers. Because in traditional podcasting world, this uh, would already have streamed live on the Facebook channel for Live the Fuel. And then this will also be on the YouTube channel once it goes live in the podcast world. But 
it is probably the nicest thing that I've seen to flip and throw mm-hmm. around. And you guys got handles on it, which is one of the biggest things that misses the the tire world is that, and no offense on the ladies, but my wife, my wife's hands are smaller than mine. And unless you got one of those rubber tires that happened to have the big chunky tread on it that wasn't worn off, you might have something to grab onto, but not everybody can just scoop up and get under it. So helping yeah. people meet people where they're at in their strength scale, having those strapped handles on there, I think is a huge win on a design standpoint. I, I love that. Mm-hmm. So I had to give you a shout out before the end of the show. I was like, that is cool. Uh, Thank you very much. Uh, well, listen, we're at the end of the slot. Thanks for giving me the time today. Um, I do give my guest co-hosts a chance to close the show out. So you've already shared a lot of great tips at the end, but is there an all encompassing message you want to leave behind uh, for your listeners and watchers out there? Yeah. I'll just remind, I'll just, just remind them what I said at the beginning. It's, it's uh, I, I suppose you, you think that there'll be a time where you'll figure out how to make health and fitness important in your life. And I, I've interviewed probably like, you. Yeah, I've, I've interviewed a, two or 300 very successful people in all areas, all not just fitness, but in many different areas of business. And, and I think consistently the one thing that, that really separates those from anyone else is just having, having, finding where that fits into your life and, and, but, but putting it before everything else It's in, in your hierarchy of things to do is, is stick fitness at the top. And I think if you can make that a habit, then you'll find that, dealing with all the other stuff that life throws at you on a regular basis, including preventing yourself from getting totally destroyed from whatever germ and pandemic and everything is out there. You, you you won't go far wrong. <laughs> well said. Well said. Uh, well, listen, if you, if you got a minute, hang tight. I'll give you a proper goodbye off the air. So again, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that was Matthew. I mean, he rocked the mic for y'all today. He's got, I, we're going to have all the links in the show notes for you. You can find the website. He's got a very viral of Instagram and YouTube following. And again, the podcast, uh, don't count out. I love passing people on to other people's shows. I'm not trying to hold everybody up there. I also have, actually, we're about to flip 400 shows online. I'm, trying, actually, I'm, not, sure where wow. you, I'm not sure if you'll be 400 or not. You're, you're really close. Uh, so, uh, But again, your podcast is Escape Your Limits, correct? Escape Your Limits, yeah. We go out every week. We're on YouTube and SoundCloud. Spotify, yep. you know, iTunes. That's that's the usual places. Get, get it everywhere. Get it everywhere. So <laughs> once you jump through the Spotify hoop and then you got to move on to the next hoop. So, well, listen, hang tight. We'll give part of a goodbye again. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, thanks for tuning in. Remember, you too can live the fuel and we'll talk to you guys again soon. Thank you for subscribing to Live the Fuel. Stay connected on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Live the Fuel. And remember, you too can live the fuel. So please visit us at livethefuel.com. Recording stop.